1 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, we're going to move on, believe it or not. This is lesson 30 and 1 Corinthians, and we're only in chapter 3. So if you think about uh, going slow, we're going slow. But uh, the reason for that is so that we don't miss uh, uh, any of the detail and so forth that is here. I was looking at my uh, last time I taught Corinthians back in the Dark Ages, and uh, by the time we got to Lesson 30, we were in like Chapter 8. So uh, we're doing a little slower this time, a little more thorough uh, as I grow and learn, so then I give it to you guys, okay? Uh, but anyway, let's start reading. Verse number 1, and, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of, a, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed? even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God have gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And we read down through there just to kind of get the chapter started. But what Paul is, as we concluded chapter 2, and as we begin to see how Paul is uh, addressing, rebuking, you, you got to remember, all of this is a rebuke of the Corinthians. So if you're a carnal believer, in other words, you're walking like the lost, you're living life like the natural man then this is a rebuke of you. And it's a, and it, but in the rebuke is corrective doctrine. He doesn't just, doesn't just spank you and leave you with that. He spanks you, and then he gives you how to fix it, how to correct it. And we have to remember that as we go through here because there's things that are talked about in here and are said and are done that, that mainstream Christianity takes and they pull it into directions it was never meant to go. And as we go through this, we'll see here, because what Paul is doing here in the context is he is demonstrating the dangers of not heeding the exhortation he just gave in chapter 2. Okay, And when you don't heed his exhortation, in other words, when you don't come in and get... Here's the, 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 the measure, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You get the Word of God as your final authority, and then you bring your thinking in balance with that. If you don't do that, there's trouble coming your way eventually. It may not be right now, and it may not be you know, drastic, but it's going to be troubling. And he uses these terms carnal, babes, carnality, and things because that's an indication of their spiritual condition. And what where they're operating at. Now, what Paul's going to do here now in chapter three is he's going to 
demonstrate what's happening at Corinth by using an illustration of him and Apollos. So what they're doing is, is they've divided the room with, I follow, Apollos is our guy, and Paul is our guy, see? And literally what Paul does is Paul says, I planted Apollos water. Who gave the increase? God did. It, by the way, if you look at verse 8, now he that planteth, who is that? Paul. And he that watereth, who is that? Apollos. Are what? Are one. You guys have made a division over human wisdom. You've made a division based on human wisdom. Do you remember Paul? I mean, Apollos, he was eloquent, mighty in the scriptures. And they say of Paul, he's rude. You know, his speech is contemptible. You see, they've made the judgment of who they're going to go after and who they're going to follow based on human wisdom. The eye gate, the ear gate, the heart gate. They didn't make, they're not making it based on sound doctrine or doctrines learned. And that's what Paul's going to do. Paul's going to, he's going to come in and, again, rebuke the Corinthians because of what they're doing. And, and he's going to use this division that's popped up between where the Corinthians are pitting themselves against each other because one side of the room is Paul and the other side is Apollos. Now, as we go along here, you're going to find out that there's a reason for that and why they're doing it. And, it, it, and we'll get down to that here in a little bit. The, the book of Corinthians, later on as, as we go here, you'll begin to see where these first four chapters are laying groundwork for the rest of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And Paul will be over here, and he will reach back into this this. Uh, information, and he'll pull it and say, you're still doing that. You're still operating over here. Not, and he's over here where they should have learned. They should have grown and moved. So here in verse 1 now, what Paul is going to do is he's going to continue with the line of thinking out of chapter 2. And by doing that, he's going to rebuke the Corinthians because the Corinthians need it. But then he's also going to give them the corrective doctrine because they need it. And literally now in verse 1, what Paul is doing is he is explaining why he's conducting his ministry the way he's doing it here at Corinth. Why is he doing it this way? Well, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes, in Christ. He could not talk to them 215 as a spiritual minded believer. They weren't there. They can't handle it. They're not operating correctly. So when he says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, he's linking back up into chapter 2 where he just laid out what makes up the spiritual minded believer. Okay, what's that spiritual-minded believer going to do? He's going to follow the Word of God. He's going to follow Paul, rightly divided. He's going to follow grace, not the law program, not Israel's program, but Paul. And and he's going to deal with each other graciously. Last time we looked at that. So he's going to begin to bring in these things out of chapter 2 that we went through. And again, to be spiritually-minded, to be spiritual and have spirituality does not involve activity or behavior. 
Now, your spiritual condition should impact that behavior, yes. But that's not how you judge who's spiritual. You can't. Because I can fake it better than you can, see. And if you don't believe me, just let me know when you're coming over and I'll clean my house out of the stuff that you find offensive. And, 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 but when you get there, you would never know I did that. So you would think, oh, my goodness, he, he is right on, you know. And you fake it till you make it type. So you can't do that, see. So, again, in the context here, being spiritually minded is when the believer, come back up to chapter 2, receives the things of the Spirit. And again, you have to remember 2.12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, the Spirit, the, that in verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. There's this contrast that he's going to make in 2.12. We, we don't receive the things of the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. There's a contrast here. By the way, the Spirit which is of God. What did we receive of God? We received the Spirit of wisdom. We received the Spirit of understanding, of knowledge, of wisdom, of prudence. There's this mentality, the way of thinking here in contrast to the Spirit of the world. How does the Spirit of the world think? Well, 2-9. They got the eye gate, the ear gate, and the heart gate. Okay, I, I got to see it here. I got to, I'm hearing it secondhand information, the heart, my intuition is how I feel and so forth. And, and Paul's making that, con, that, that contrast. Verse 13, which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. The Holy Spirit uses specific words, words that, that are objective, that are authoritative, those words are available, they've been, they've been revealed, they've been preserved, that reveal and talk about and demonstrate the deep things of God, the things that the Spirit of God is talking about. And again, in contrast to the words of the world, which the words of men, they're driven by, 2.9 is driven by the course of the world. See, they're framed that way. So what are we to do? Well, we're to compare spiritual things with spiritual. We're to take the Word of God, put it there as the weight, as the standard, as the final authority, and then we're to bring our thinking in balance with that. And the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit is what frames the thinking of the believer. Verse 14, but, I love the buts, but, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Now, you've got to remember that because that's what the Corinthians are going to say here in a little bit. We're going to go over in a, in, in, in a chapter, I, I believe it's in chapter 7, and, and they're going to talk about a group of people who are of low esteem. Why? Because if you're following the things that are of the Spirit, if you're over here being spiritually minded, do you know what the Corinthians were doing? They're like, what a fool. Does it? He's only got a couple verses. I've got a whole library of philosophy backing me up. He's just got a couple verses from a, from a Yahoo that, you know, he's really not a good speaker. You know, we, don't, we worry about his pedigree. Could you imagine worrying about Paul's pedigree? They do, see, 
Apollos, I'm ahead of for next week, but Apollos, remember what they said of Apollos? Look, look back over in, in Acts 18. You think about this. Look in Acts 18, verse uh, 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexander, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures. Mighty. Think about that. Mighty. He was a professor. He was a leading theologian. He was mighty in it. And they say, see, look at all the degrees on his wall. Paul didn't have that. Well, Philippians 3, what did Paul have? He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He had Pharisee, Hebrew, tribe of Benjamin. He had a pedigree too. But yet what they're looking at is what's hanging on the degree panel on the wall. Paul's, and that's when we, again, come back to 1 Corinthians 2. We get over here in chapter 3, and they're pitting, and they're saying, see, Paul doesn't have any degrees on the wall. Apollos is, boy, look at that, man. He's loaded. And you guys that are following Paul are foolish. 2.14. What's the natural man think about the things of God? They're foolishness to him. That's crazy. 2.14. Try to stay on topic. Okay. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And that's the trigger in verse in chapter 3. The natural man is described here. This is the lost, the lost man. I tried to say this, I tried to be a little clear about that. Verse 14 is talking about an unsaved person, describing them. He's not saying the Corinthians are unsaved people or have lost their salvation. He's saying the Corinthians are acting like, living like a Gentile. They're living according to their flesh. And what does it look like? By the way, the Corinthians, they're in church. They are boasting about being in church when they have their they're what they called the Lord's Supper. One side is eating, the other side's hungry. One side's getting drunk, the other side's getting whatever, you know. And see, they've got all of their little clicking going on. Why? Because they're operating like the unsaved world does. They're not living, they're not, they're not spiritually discerning. Okay? If you need help with that, read Ephesians 4. Well, let's just go look there real quick. Ephesians 4. In verse 17, you see, it is possible for you, a believer, a member of the church, the body of Christ, a saint of the Most High God, to sin and to live in sin. Now, you shouldn't, but you can. It's possible. That's why you can't judge spirituality based on behavior and activity. By their works, we will know them. That belongs to Israel. You should never say that. That should never come out of your mouth. It should never enter your mindset. See? By the way, if you say that or if you think in that line, you know what you're dealing with? You know how you're dealing with people? Under the law and not under grace. So you're not a spiritual person, spiritually minded, okay? Ephesians 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye... So who's the ye? The church at Ephesus, specifically. 
Now, ye, we can reach out to us, the church as a whole. Ye, therefore, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. And then he goes on. You see, that great church at Ephesus, there's people there living like the Gentiles, walking like the Gentiles. And Paul's getting on them. Now, come back to 1 Corinthians 2. So the natural man here, the lost, you guys, the church at Corinth, you guys are acting like, you're thinking like, you're living like the lost. And that's the context of 2.14. The thing, because, the end of verse 14. Neither can he know them, the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. And again, what Paul's point here is, is that no one can understand what the things of the Spirit are. The things revealed by specific words on the page for the believer, no one can truly understand what is being taught unless you have the right mindset, the spiritually minded. You've got the Word of God as your standard, and your mind is in equilibrium, completely in balance with that. Not this way, not this way, not that. You know, you're not even there. You want to understand. If you're ever struggling about, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a, it's a percept. It's the way you think about it. We have to have an open willingness to allow the sound doctrine to literally transform, to renew the way we think. If we don't. It isn't, you're, you're, you're going to struggle. Actually, at Corinth, they are babes. They are carnality, carnal. That means they're living like the natural man. They're, living in, they're not living like who they are in Christ. They're living like what they used to live like. And what God's truth, the things of the Spirit of God, they are spiritually discerned, and again, that's Paul's point here. It's going to be his point in chapter 3. By the way, it's going to be his point in chapter 4, too. That if you live in the eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man. If you live in the way that man thinks, you cannot understand the Scriptures. They're not spiritually discernible for you. The illustration that I think of is when I worked at Bash's in the produce department, I worked in their AJ's format, and I had a gentleman that worked with me, and uh, he was from Chicago. Actually, come to find out, he was three blocks over from us, and he owned one of the, in Chicago, they had white hen pantries. It's like Circle K's, and he owned one. He Actually, he owned the one we went to. We just didn't know it, and uh Anyway, get to talking to him about spiritual things. Come to find out he's a reincarnation guy, and we're talking blah, blah, blah. Well, 9-11 happened. So what does everybody say? 9-11, God's judging America. See, look at this. Boom, boom, boom. So he comes to me. He knows I'm a preacher. I have been giving him the gospel. I, we've been talking about things. You know, and, and he, he, apparently he grew up next door to a, a Baptist family. So he goes, I've heard all of this before, Rick. I'm like, okay, all right. But you do need to get saved, you know. And uh, so, but we're talking about 9 11. 
9-11, that gentleman, we sat the evening of 9-11, and I showed him the chart. I took a piece of paper. I said, here's how you know what God's doing today. And I went through the chart with him. He is unsaved. You know what he said? That makes sense. You know why? Because it's past, present, and future. It makes sense. And I said, but do you understand what it means spiritually? No. Not at all. Had no clue. Why? Because, yes, it is past, present, and future, but to get the benefit out of it, it's, you have to understand the spiritual discernment that needs to be there. You follow that? See, most people, when they come to the Word of God, they come to it as a piece of literature. And you know what? You read this book as a just... If, I know it's hard to do, but you ought to try doing it. So I tried. I got like two pages in, and I'm like, I can't do this. To read it just like it is, like a John Grisham novel. Think about it as just Shakespeare or something. And you can't. When You can't get the benefit out of it. Actually, all that you learn is the God of Israel is a mean and unjust God. But you see, why? Spiritually discerned. The spiritual-minded believer is going to reject two nine, verse, chapter 2, verse 9, as the methodology of coming to the truth, as the methodology of coming to the things of the Spirit. You will, a, a spiritual-minded believer will not come to the things of the Spirit thinking, I'm going to get there on my own accord, my gate, ear gate, eye gate, heart gate. They'll reject that out, and actually what they'll say is 2-9 is the things of the world, the spirit of the world and man's wisdom, because that's what it is. And that's where Paul, that's the, the press here of Paul. Now in 2-14, notice he says that they're, uh, because they are spiritually discerned. So why can't the natural man get this? Because they're what? Spiritually discerned. You see, the carnal-minded believer is following a different methodology to obtain truth. The Corinthians, the believer, they're following man's wisdom to try to ascertain truth. And what did he say in 3.1? You're carnal. You're babes. You know what you do with, you know, babies, change diapers, in one end and out the other. Here it comes. And, and I can't, you can't understand this. Look at 2.15. But he that is spiritual, spiritually minded, thinking the way of the things of the Spirit, judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. Now, that judging thing is going to come up now. And it's going to come up in chapter 3. With, we got the great white throne, or, or the uh, judgment seat of Christ coming. We've got things coming to us. And there's a judging here. But just notice in verse 15, but he that is spiritual, so spiritually minded, minding the things of the spirit, he's got the comparing spiritual things, he's got the word of God, the weight in right, and he's got his mindset working on get, keeping that in that equilibrium balance. 
He's allowing the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to renew his mind. Ephesians 4 there, renew the spirit of your mind. He, he's allowing Romans 12 too, the transforming. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. He's letting all of that happen. And he says, he judgeth all things. Now, judgment, and I didn't do this last time on purpose because I knew we were going to get into it here in chapter 3. Judgment isn't a courtroom. Judging, in, in, especially in Corinthians, judging is not saying you're wrong, you're guilty, you pay the fine. Judgment here is in the realm of discernment. How do you know? How did verse 14 end? They are spiritually what? Discerned, and then the spiritual judgeth all things. See, it's discernment. The context, in, and especially in 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians, is the issue of discernment. So when he says that we're going to judge angels, we're not going to bark orders at angels. Why would you do that in the new heaven and the new earth? Why would you even think that? See, well, religion, the world tells you that. No, there's a discernment we're going to have over the angels. See? And there's going to be an understanding. So we're talking in the realm of discernment. So judgment here is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Because the judgment here is a discernment. And I'm going to say that like 800 times. Because everybody, every time everybody, and because we're going to go and we're going to look at the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, it's a bad thing. No, it's not. That's actually the, one of the best days of your life outside of your justification is going to be the judgment seat of Christ. But it's judgment. No, there's a discernment happening, see. Okay, and we'll get into all that when we get there in about two months, hopefully quicker. Discernment. Now, he says that he judgeth all things. So then what are the all things? Well, what's Paul been talking about in, in the context? The things of the... Spirit, chapter 2, or verse 14. Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Back up, verse 12. The Spirit which is of God. Verse 10. The God revealed unto them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit sorts at all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the all things here in the context are <clears throat> the things of the Spirit of God. The spiritual-minded believer is going to be able to discern, judge. Again, in the area of discernment, not a, not a courtroom, not casting, an, you know, looking down your nose at somebody. Not that at all. It's going to be in connection with a, a discerning of what to do. I got, here's the word of God. I'm getting my mind in balance with it, the details of my life. What am I to do here? I'm, there's a discernment. So all the things of the Spirit of God, the goal in spirituality isn't behavior and activity and all that. It's to be able to discern what the Holy Spirit is teaching and what He would have me to be doing in the details of my life. See. So Paul 3.1, what does he say? And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. I can't deal with you as a spiritual-minded believer. 
I have to deal with you as what? Carnal. Babes in Christ. You see that? He's just, so he's hooked into what we come out of chapter 2, and he goes, okay, you want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and how I'm doing it? It's because you are not developed. You have not, Corinth, you have not developed a discerning spirit. They're not able to judge all things. By the way, being a babe, even as unto babes in Christ, we'll say a little more about this next time, but being a babe in Christ is a natural thing, is a normal thing. Because when you got saved, you didn't know it. My dad used to say, always said that the Lord doesn't bore a hole in your head and dump all it all in. You have to do what? 2 Timothy 2.15. you got to study. you got to get in the book and, and dig it out. It's there. The Holy Spirit will help you dig it out when you dig in it his way. See, so you got to learn. So being a babe and growing to maturity is a normal thing. But that's what Romans did, remember? Romans 1.11, I'm going to establish you. Here you are as a babe. Chapter 16, verse 25, now you're stable. Now you're an adult. He grew them to adulthood, spiritually speaking. See, the Corinthians are still in the baby. They're still in the nursery. And he says, I would love to take you guys to the next level. And again, when we ended Romans 16 30 weeks ago, I told you that you can leave Romans and go right to Ephesians doctrine if you're what? Stable. If you're an adult. But if you're not stable, then you have to go through the Corinthian doctrine and the Galatian doctrine before you can get into Ephesians. He says, I want to take you you should be ready for me to take you to Ephesians, but you're not. So I have to treat you like we treat the babies in the nursery. Come over to chapter 5. Watch him do this in his epistle. In first and, and second, but in 1 Corinthians. We, and I say we because sometimes, by the way, you may think you're an adult, and you may be acting right, and that's fine, and that's probably where you are. But then, in a little bit, maybe you get a little you get a little runny nose, and you get your little you get your uh, you need your diaper changed because you've been you know carnal. Well, then what do you have? You've got the Book of Corinthians to help you fix that. See, that's, <laughs> I had a years ago we had a couple folks here, and uh, they came a couple times, not uh, usually on Wednesday nights. And uh, he got mad at me. He asked me if he could call me and count. I said, sure, call me. So he calls me, and he was giving me their issues. And I said, well, you need to read. And I gave him the passage to read. He goes, that's all you're going to do, right? Give me verses to read. I said, well, yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> I mean, I'll sit and talk with you, and we'll walk through things, and you know, we'll go through the passages. But before we meet, you need to read like 100 times this passage. And he's like, you're no, what, what kind of helper are you? I'm going, well, we're going to go through this passage, so might as well be familiar. <laughs> he wouldn't read it, so we didn't meet. And then, you know, why? Because that's, that's our guide. That's our final authority here. Look at chapter 5. So we, the, and, and again, Paul to the Corinthians, but to us here, we need to develop a discerning spirit. spirit. We need to be spiritually minded on things. And it's, it's critical. 
Because what it does is it keeps the carnality at bay. It keeps the, the well, well, look at 5.12. We'll see this as we go here. Because Paul's going to demonstrate this, again, within the, within the epistle of the Corinthians. 5.12. And again, remember, this stuff is a rebuke, okay? He says, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? See the question. The Corinthians should have had the capacity to judge the situation in chapter 5. And when we get over here, we'll go through. By the way, when we get into these chapters, we're going to go through all the detail. But what I want you to see is they lacked the capacity to judge, to discern the situation. That's why Paul, when, when you, you go back there in, in the chat, into verse 1, it is reported commonly. This is not a secret thing that somebody just found out. This is a brag going on within the local church there at Corinth. It's reported commonly. They're bragging about this carnality. They're not over here shamefacedness going, I hope the preacher doesn't hear about it. The preacher knows all about it, see. Everybody does. So Paul tells them, you got to kick the guy out. Oh, no, we won't do that. We, we're more gracious than Paul. Paul went right to the hammer, right, you know. And, why? and so verse 12, they lack the capacity to judge, to discern. Ye, look, look at that, do not ye judge them that are within. Ye, the Corinthians, lack the capacity to adequately discern to make some spiritual decisions based upon the doctrines learned. They should have had the capacity, the discernment, to evaluate the situation of chapter 5 and to remove the gentleman, the man, the family, and do it graciously and lovingly, but they didn't. They, you know what they pulled? Well, Apollos says that we're good to go which he never did, but that's what they would say. Paul went right to the jugular. The church discipline, what happens? Somebody will always say, oh, you should love them and treat them right. Well, Paul says, turn them over for the destruction of the flesh, that they may learn how not to blaspheme. See, see, there is produ uh, a, a productive manner in removing, but you have to have the spiritual to... Spiritual mind to do what? To discern that, to look into it, to, to say, hey, this is what needs to be done. They didn't have that. Chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 2. You see, they hadn't developed that spiritual discernment yet. We need that, by the way. Look at chapter uh, 6, verse 2. Do ye not know what the saint shall judge? that the saints shall judge the world. And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? They can't eat. Man, what a sad statement about the Corinthians. Their condition. What are they? They're babes. They're carnal. They are unworthy to judge the smallest matters. 
Forget the big matters of chapter 5. You can't even judge what color the carpet should be. I got to tell you. That's a small issue, by the way. By the way, you know what splits a church quicker, don't you? Color of carpet and the, and the, and the curtains. That'll split a church faster than anybody ever doing anything else. You know why? Because our carnality gets in the way. Oh, well, I got to have it my way. So we bow our backs and we, and we dig in and I ain't giving up. And, and the next thing you know, there's right down the middle. And we got the purple side and we got the red side or the pink side or whatever. I said, anyway, they can't judge the small things. Look, we, folks, they have not, why have they not developed a, spirit, a, a God-like discernment, a spiritual discernment? Why haven't they evalu- haven't developed the discernment, uh, spiritual discernment, to evaluate, to assess, and to come to the right and proper conclusions in any manner? They should have, but they're not there. And the reason they're not is they're back in chapter two, verse nine, and they're thinking according to man's wisdom and the wisdom of the world and the spirit of the world, and they're not thinking the way God's word has instructed them to think. They're not thinking that way. Verse 4, If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life. These are the details of life, of your life. Not, I, I do it in my life. You got them in yours. Set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Ooh, now think about that. Who are the least esteemed in the church? Well, hold on to here. Don't don't say anything. Come back to chapter 2. Chapter 2, 14. What's the Corinthians thinking? They're thinking like the natural man. And how does the natural man think of the things of the Spirit of God? For they are foolishness unto him. They're the least, you know who the least esteemed are? Those are the guys in the local assembly at Corinth and our local assembly if you're in life who are following the word, who are following the things of the spirit. They've got their life in balance, their mindset, their discernment. They're looking at things and they're making a spiritual. You know what? Paul didn't say to do it like that. He said this, he, that's over there. That goes to them. This is us. He said that went away. This is here now. Boom. And, and we're making those discernments. And you know what the church at Corinth looked at them? They are low esteemed. You know why? Because they thought they were high esteemed. They esteemed human wisdom. They esteemed philosophy. They're valuing human wisdom, human philosophy. They're valuing the words of man's wisdom, which again is framed by the course of this world over the words and the, of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So because they are holding and valuing the Spirit of the world and man's wisdom, they think they've got They think they're, they got it. So they're of high esteem. They view those that are following God's wisdom and God's word as what? As foolish, as low esteem. Now one day he'll get it. We had folks here back when we were on baseline. They got mad at me about prayer and how Paul talked, deals with prayer. Wrote me a whole nice little email, letter. 
I guess it was emailed. I don't remember now how I got it, but. And at the end of it, he said, remember, we, we remember that you're just a young man and one day you will come to your senses, but we won't be back. You know what they did? They thought I was of low esteem. They were high esteem. By the way, their idea of prayer came right out of the Roman Catholic catechism. By the way, I told them that, but so I wasn't really, I was cutting my teeth, learning how to be gracious in fighting, okay? But see, the thing is, is that's, look, look at verse, you got to pay attention to verse 4. They have a high-mindedness of themselves. Verse 5, I, Lord, watch Paul, I speak to your shame. It is, is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. 6 5. 1 Corinthians 6 5. Look at Paul. This is a rebuke. This is shameful, guys, at Corinth. There's no one among you that can judge any. Is there no wise man? Wise men, how? Wise and following the wisdom of God. Wise and following the things of the Spirit. There's nobody there. That's why he says later to him, he says, hey, it's a good thing heresies pop up because then those that are, are of, of the, uh, I just had the verse in it, those that are, that are rightly dividing the word and are following the word rightly divide and doing right, they need to be acknowledged. I butchered that verse, but it's, in the, it's to the Corinthians he says that. Look at verse 5. No one, in their, no one in the mindset that Corinth has are functioning spiritually. By the way, they're at church every Sunday or every time the doors are open. They're backing up the truck with all the goodies. They're down at the food mart or the uh, swap mart going at it. They're, they're out here doing but it's all for the show. Nothing spiritually discerned. Come over to chapter 10. This is right, I mean, just within the book itself. Chapter 10. Look at chapter 10, verse 15. Chapter 10, verse 15. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. So this is a good, by the way, a good judge, discernment, good thing here. Look at what Paul says. I'm speaking to who? I'm speaking to those that have their mindset in balance with the things of the Spirit. I have, though, I'm speaking to those that have their mindset set, that have the ability to spiritually discern. Who's the one that can judge? Who's the one that can look at what Paul is saying and discern it to be true? The wise man. Chapter 215, the what? The spiritual. See? 
the spiritual mind. So this is, again, he's rebuking the Corinthians by demonstrating the very state of carnality that they're in is based upon the absolute wrong methodology of thinking, methodology of gathering and trying to gain the truth. He's like, you guys have got it all wrong. You're all messed up here. Come over to chapter 11. Chapter 11. Look at verse uh, 13. Judge in yourselves. Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? No, judge where? In your, you know they can't do that? That's why Paul, you should be able to do this and figure out some of this stuff here, but you can't. You're not able to spiritually discern it. You should. He's rebuking them. Judge in yourself. By the way, the covering issue, if you read verse 16, but if a man seemed to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Do you know that the church, the body of Christ, has no commandment by God or nothing to do or say about whether a woman's head's covered when she comes in or not? You know who does that? Religion. You know what the Corinthians have done? They've gone over in religion and brought in a custom, and they made it a mandate. And Paul says, where did you get that from me? You can't judge yourself. You can't because you're not able. Verse uh, 31, chapter 31. For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. You know, they can't judge themselves. They can't make those discernments. They don't have the spiritual capacity, the spiritual mindset to do it. But when we are judged, now, chapter 2.15 said that spiritual man is judged of no man. See, Here they're being judged, aren't they? Why? Because they can't. They don't have the discernment ability to take care, to make the decisions that are needed when someone else comes up and says, wait a minute, why did you do that? That, was a, that's, that is violating God's word. We are chastened of the Lord. By the way, that's how you're chastened of the Lord, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction. Reproof, correction, instruction is the, cha the chastening of the Lord in your life. But where does it come from? Scripture. See? They're not, the Corinthians, they're, here's Scripture, they're not in line. They're over here. They're not even on the scale anymore. They've left the building. That we should not be condemned with the world. Again, Paul's point here is why? Why are they not judging themselves? They can't. And that's a startling thing here at this late chapter in 1 Corinthians. You would think they had been getting it, but they haven't. By the way, keep reading. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto what? condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I, when you guys sit down to do what you call the Lord's table, by the way, they weren't doing that. They were having a potluck is what they were having, but they labeled it the Lord's table, communion, the Lord's supper. They gave it a label so it looked what? 
spiritual. And they're not doing it. And he says, ah, time to correct you. You're not able to judge this out. So the judging here, come back to chapter 7. So if we lack the ability to properly exercise spiritual discernment in the details of life, then that is a very dangerous thing in a very dangerous world. And that is where the Corinthians are. That is where you and I can end up if we don't keep the balance there. Philippians, you got 1 Corinthians 7? Look over with me at Philippians 3. We were talking about this last Sunday in the break. Look at Philippians 3. Look at verse 15. Just kind of something real quick. This in, Rome, in Philippians 3, verse 15 and 16, uh, this, this has been called the, the rule of relative maturity. Okay? Let us therefore as many as be perfect. Again, what is perfect? It's mature. It's not perfect. You don't mess up. It's thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's maturity. Be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded... All right? So we're not, so we're, sorry. The allergy decided to run, and I'm trying to catch it. <laughs> Verse 15, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. So we, what do we want to be? We want to be mindful. We want to have spiritual discernment. We want our lives to, to match up with the word of God rightly divided, with the grace life. If there's an area in our life that isn't there, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. How does God reveal it unto you? By the scriptures. Reproof, doctrine, correction, reproof, instruction. Okay? Nevertheless, now watch, whereunto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. So you know what that means? If, when we get to a novel of understanding, and it is, go back to 1 Corinthians 7, it's got my life in perfect balance. I will never leave that, no matter what comes up. I'm in balance. If I got something where I'm out of whack, what am I going to do? I'm going to work on it. I'm going to study it out. I'm going to get the verses. I'm going to get the doctrine, and I'm going to bring it into the balance. See, This is a lifetime of study, a lifetime of living, it's a, a lifetime. Paul, that's why earlier in chapter 3 there of Philippians, Paul says, I want to know him more and more. <laughs> I'm pressing toward the mark. I haven't attained. I've been apprehended, but I haven't got there yet. And he's been at it for almost 40 years. See. Now go back to chapter 7 because look at Paul. We have, to have that, we have to have that properly exercised spiritual discernment in the details of life. If you don't, then no one has the capacity to judge what rightly should be done. Now we're just doing it because we want to have the high esteem rather than what's proper and what's right. But also what Paul's going to do is he's going to demonstrate what a spiritual discerning spirit looks like. 
okay? And he does it here in chapter 7, verse 25. Now, again, we'll get into 1 Corinthians 7. It's all about marriage. When we get there, we'll spend, you know, I think we're spending way too much time, but it's a passage, and we'll go all down through it. But I just want you to notice verse 25. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that have obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. Now in that verse, notice what Paul just said. I'm giving you my, my judgment, my discernment. I didn't get this from the Lord. Now, guess what? It's on the pages of God's Word. Why? Because it's a spiritually discerned statement that he's going to make. Notice how verse 25 says, to the, verse 25, as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be what? This is the discernment of the faithful. Now, the faithful here is Paul. It isn't the Corinthians. The Corinthians are carnal. They're babes. They can't get out of the nursery. They can't quit playing with the children's toys. So Paul says, I'm going to give you some information here. I'm going to give you something here that I didn't get from the Lord. But by the, by the way, for you and I, it's, on, it's in God's Word. So guess where it's coming from? The Lord. Okay, so you can't say, well, I'm not going to obey that because it didn't come from God. Well, then you don't read. You can't read. Because later in chapter 14, he says, if, if you think you're spiritual, you'll acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of God. He just wrote something to you, see. What's he going to do? He's going to demonstrate something here about what spiritual discernment looks like. Again, can Paul, you and I, exercise a godlike spirit in determining the best course of action? Yes, you can. Yes, you're required to. Notice what he said there. He says, I'm going to give you my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. He's, just, he's talking to He says, guys, this isn't coming from the Lord. This is coming from me as I look at things. One is faithful, and I'm looking at it. And here's my discernment. Here's my advice. God may never tell us specific things about specific details. By the way, we call that the gray area. It's not a gray area. It's black and white, but that's what they call it. There's nothing specific there, see. So he, God looks at, he expects you as a, an adult in his family to exercise spiritual discernment in that activity. That's why at the end of verse 25, he says, to be faithful. Think about this. God in his liberty gives us liberty to exercise our own judgment, our discernment, to exercise our liberty, to exercise the, the spirit-minded believer is to come along and to have, he's got some liberty to look at a life details and say, you know what, it would be better for me to do this, it matches this, it doesn't violate God's word, it's right over here, I'm good to go. God expects that of you. Paul 
is exercising his liberty here in a godly manner. Now drop down to verse 40. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the Spirit of God. Now what was his judgment, by the way? Verse 26. What did he say? I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. And what's that? Not married. Don't, it's better if you don't get married right now. And by the way, the present distress, we'll look at all of that stuff going on at Corinth at the time, okay? Verse 40, as he's talking about the, the, the widow to getting remarried, he says, I, it would be better if she just stayed in my a judgment, which is just stay unmarried right now until this stuff works out. The current distress, by the way, what would be the current distress at Corinth? They are not spiritually minded. And it's best not to make a decision when you're not thinking right. Okay? You see, God is confident. By the way, come back to <laughs> uh, chapter 6. God is confident that a spiritual-minded believer, by, one by way of exercising a discerning spirit, can come to some choices and decisions that will honor and please him, and he didn't have to tell you what to do or not to do because you are not a baby. You're a what? An adult. See, Look at chapter 6 and look at verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Chapter 10, verse 23 says the same thing, except that verse ends, edify uh, others, okay? There's some guidelines for the gray area. As you look at the gray area and things where you have some liberty to decide, the book doesn't say yay or nay, I can decide this or that. The book says get a job. It doesn't say what job, what to do. It doesn't say go to college and get a, you know, 18 degrees so you can have a better job. It doesn't say any of that. It just says get a job. George Thorogood said get a haircut and get a real job. You know, okay, let's go get it. See, but what can I do? I can come. God expects me and the liberty that he's given me that I can look at this and say, you know what? If I take that job, I can't do this over here. But So if I take this, I can do that and make a little money tight a little bit, but it'll work. I can make that. And you know what God says? Well done, man. That's good. He's, in a, you know, he's acting like an adult now. Now, come back to chapter 3 because time's up. Again, God has confidence in that spiritual-minded believer. By the way, the reason he does is because he has confidence in the working of his word in the realm of your inner man. He doesn't have confidence in you doing it because you're, you, you have that tendency to not do. But he has confidence that his word will do what? Will work in you effectually that belief. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 so as we move into chapter 3, <laughs> the rebuke here, he says, I wanted to minister to, I'd love to have ministered to you guys and carried you along, but I had to minister to you this way because you've not developed the capacity to judge all things. They couldn't do it. And as a spiritual-minded believer, we should be able to exercise the discernment 
come to some conclusions based upon the things of the Spirit, not based upon man's methodology, wisdom, religion. The discernment that I come to are not based upon the judgment of men. We never seek validation from man. Let God be true and every man a liar. We seek validation from God's word. So when he says here, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto babes, I'm sorry, speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, that is a sad statement of the affairs at Corinth. They don't have the spiritual discernment. Okay? Now we'll pick up in verse 2 next time. By the way, give me 30 seconds. Look down at verse 9. Actually, verse... Uh, you see how he, he says there in verse uh, 6, I have planted, Apollos watered. And then in verse 9, we're labors together with God, in the, the uh, year of God's husbandry, year of God's building. Paul is going to, he's going to invoke two analogies, husbandry, farmer, idea, and then he's going to invoke the builder, the construction. And he's going to do it to illustrate what's going on at Corinth and how wacky they are, Okay. So from verse 6 to 9, it's going to be the analogy of the farmer. And in verse 9 to 17, it will be the analogy of the construction of the builder. And what we'll see is why Paul planted, watered, God, why he's doing it. And it has to do with that conflict that Corinth has made amongst themselves about Paul and Apollos. And we'll get into all that in verse 2 and following, okay? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that we would continue to develop our spiritual discernment and look at things and make life choices and decisions about the details of life based upon your word rightly divided and the grace life that you would have us live so that we would be and we would live well-pleasing to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, be back here.